You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So all things are possible. You have what it takes to do whatever God has called you to do. You have what it takes to defeat whatever challenge is before you. I know sometimes it looks impossible. But impossible is just, is just a tag. Do you understand? Yeah, it's just a tag. And I want you to know that God has given us the name of Jesus which is above every other name. If that thing can be named, it can be tamed. Whatever it is, think about it. Whatever it is, if it has a name, then it can be tamed. Hallelujah. When God made the animals, he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. It's the greater one that gives names. Okay? So don't allow whatever it is that you are faced with to introduce itself to you. Okay? So whatever it is you face, once you see it, you give it a name. You give it a name and from there you begin to dominate it. It's a spiritual law. Yeah? Yeah. So it's time to begin to rename your situation. Yeah. God has given you that ability. He gave it to Adam. Huh? And he has not taken away that ability. And because we are children of Adam, in the natural we came from Adam, right? We are descendants of Adam. So by virtue of that, we have the authority, we have the right to use the same power to name things. So when you look at that debt, you can just look at it and say, I call you paid. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You, you have to, there's a kind of mindset you need to cultivate this year because we have tagged this year the year of what? <laughs> Unlimited global possibilities and phenomenal wonders. How is that going to happen if you don't think correctly? Stop seeing yourself as someone that is at the mercy of situations. Stop you seeing yourself at the mercy of the economy. Stop seeing yourself at the mercy of your boss. Yes. So in secret you can give your boss a name. If they need to be renamed. Hallelujah. So anytime you see them in your mind, you just call that name. That's how to tame situations. Yeah. You name whatever you want to tame. Yeah. So for Adam, he named the animals. And because of that, the animals knew that he's their boss. Okay? Yeah. So stop saying, this is my diabetes. No, rename it. Do you get my point? Rename it. Don't claim ownership of it. You don't own it. Unless you want to. Yeah. So, it's time to begin to rename things. Amen. To whatever you want. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Yeah. When God made man in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 
We read from verse 26 to um, 28. It says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Alright? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So you were made in God's image after his likeness. There are things that God likes that you like. You resemble God. Amen? Amen? So when you see something that you don't like, you need to do something about it. You need to do something about it. Yeah. Don't say, God, come down and do something. No. God is saying, when are you going to behave like me? That's what he's saying. But you are saying, come down, oh God. God is saying, no, I'm not coming down. You are there. I put you there to be in charge. I put you there to represent me. And I've given you what it takes. Hallelujah. So he let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Ah, it's interesting. He took care of the sea. He took care of the land. And he took care of the air. That's why God doesn't mind us flying today in aircrafts. Because it's part of what he gave us. He gave us dominion. And then the wisdom to make aircrafts to fly. Hallelujah. He doesn't mind us getting into, uh, into boats, get on a cruise. By the way, I'd love to go on a cruise. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's wonderful. If you travel by sea, you'll just be worshiping God all the time. Because when you wake up, you look here, you look there, everywhere is water. But God gave us dominion. He gave us dominion. That's why he doesn't mind us in those places. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that there's a difference. How many people know they have authority? You have authority. Yes, you have authority over every situation. Yes, Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you uh, power over all the power of the enemy. That's King James. Ah, he, says, he says, You shall trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So if something hurts you, what does that mean? That means you're not using your authority. So you need to start using it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay? Yeah. So authority. He gave us authority. Why? Because there are enemies. There are enemies of our progress. They're enemies of your health. Amen. Do you understand? They're enemies of your relationships. Amen. They're enemies all over the place. But you have authority over them. Amen. You have authority over them and you need to start using that authority. That's what faith is about. Yes. That's why we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Hmm? Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, I give I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemies hurt you. Jesus is giving them authority, but in Genesis, they were not given authority. They were given dominion. And there's a big difference. Yes. There is. A big one. Yeah. It's a big difference. You see, authority came after sin. 
Before sin, God didn't give man authority. He gave him dominion. Are you getting the point? Yeah. So uh, authority came as a result of sin. So what's the difference? When you walk in authority, authority means delegated influence. Okay? Or I like to call it power with the right to act. So you have the, 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 the policeman has a gun, he has authority, and he's got power. He has the right to use that gun whenever necessary. Okay? The arm robber has power, but he doesn't have the right to use it. So he doesn't have authority. And I have news for you, authority is even greater than power because authority comes from Jesus. So he said, I give you authority. The old King James says power. Yeah. So, why is he giving us authority? Because he knows that we will need, meet some impossibilities and we will need the right to act, to do something about those impossibilities. So, that's why he gave us authority. The authority actually belongs to him. So, when you use authority, you are using another person's right or another person's power. Hallelujah. That's why he gave us his name. He says, whatever you ask in my name. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father might be glorified. So, um, authority has to do with you being under somebody. That's what authority, that's, that's how authority came about. So when you hear of authority, that means there's someone above. Are you getting the point? That means there's someone above. There is someone above who has given you the authority. Okay? I'm, I'm here as pastor, but I, I have authority because I am an under pastor. I'm using the authority of the chief shepherd himself. It's delegated. He gave it to me to use. Hallelujah. So he has given to every one of us as well. Authority. And that's fine. That's fine. But dominion is different. Dominion is superior to authority. Yeah. Give. So in Genesis chapter 1, God gave man dominion. Give man dominion. And Jesus came to restore that because Adam lost it. And with dominion, right, you make the rules. Come on. <laughs> you make the rules. You, with authority, you have to receive from your superior. But with dominion, you are superior. You are now acting in the image and likeness of God. Hallelujah. When you start operating in the image and likeness of God, you, are, you can now begin to walk in dominion. You, you can now begin to walk in dominion. And that's why, although, yes, there are some things we look at and they look impossible, and you know that all things are possible with God, you just need to switch. Into the order of your creation. Yes, yes. And then you can look at that situation and say, I, I call you possible. Amen. I call you possible. Amen. I call you done. Yeah. And if you if you if you speak it with revelation, <laughs> that thing. Cannot resist you. Cannot resist you. 
There are some things that don't even require prayer. I'm telling you. You just take a stand. I say, I'm standing here. As a representative of God. And by my word, this is what will happen. Look at Elijah. There shall be no rain nor dew. Except by my word. Where have you heard someone talk like that? Sure. He just closed the heaven for three and a half years. A man of like passions. A man like you. Who ran away from a woman. <laughs> yeah. He was crying, God, kill me, kill me, kill me. She just threatened him. And he ran. That same man, he closed the heaven. By my word. Let's look at that. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. First Kings 17, verse 1. Look at it. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead. It's interesting. This is the introduction of Elijah. We are told nothing about Elijah prior to this. All of a sudden, you just hear Elijah the Tishbite. He came from Tishbe. Yes. Said to, uh, of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. Can you see? That is the key. Before whom I stand. It's a product of your relationship. Your ability to walk in dominion depends on your relationship. Who are you standing? uh, Whose presence is more real to you? So, although he was standing in front of Ahab, God's presence was more real than the presence of Ahab. So, he says, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. In other words, I'm standing before him right now. And I'm not even conscious of you. I don't, I, have any, I don't have any regard of your presence. I have more regard for the presence of the Lord God of Israel. And because of that, there shall be no rain, nor dew. These years, except at my word. In other words, I close it and I will open it. When I decide to. Say dominion. We need this kind of power today. We need it. We need it. We need it. I'm telling you. We need the children of God. The church needs to get to this place. Because if this man of like passion could do this, why can't you? Why not you? There is a mindset you need to have. You know what? We need to, you know when you buy a device, sometimes your, your phone, they say uh, restore to factory settings. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's time to restore to factory settings. The factory setting is dominion. Amen. Do you understand? That's your factory setting. You, at the beginning, when he made you, that was the setting. That was the setting. That was the setting for your life. So there is no circumstance that has the right, that has what it takes to defy your factory setting. That's why, I'm take, that's why I took you to Genesis chapter 1 so that you can see that your factory setting. Not even authority. It's dominion. Dominion. Say, that's my factory setting. To walk in dominion. Hallelujah. We need, we need Christians to become uh, MSCs. You know, masters of circumstance. <laughs> Master of circumstances. 
Yes. But you can do that with the, with, with the dominion of God upon your life. Amen. You have it already. I'm, it's not, you're not going to get it from anywhere. You have it already. It's just that you're not aware of it. Yeah. You're not aware of it. You don't even practice it. You don't exercise it. And God is surprised that he can invest so much into you. And yet you are living at the mercy of your situation. It's time for a change. This year will be different for you. This year will be different. This year you are not going to be a victim. No one will victimize you. Yes. No situation will rule over you. Unless you want it to. Yeah. So don't surrender to the enemy. No. If God gave Adam dominion, and we know that Jesus came to restore all that Adam lost, where is our dominion today? Are we saying that he did not finish what he did? What, what the Father sent him for? You remember on the cross he said, it is finished. Why would he say that if it's not finished? He didn't lie on the cross. He finished it. But we are failing to enter into what he has finished. That is our problem. He said you are praying for God to come down and do it for you. must stop this year. Amen. Amen. It must stop this year. Amen. If Jesus could walk to a fig tree and just curse the tree, by the next day it had dried to the roots. The roots, the ground broke, the roots came out and they saw it and they said, even to the roots. And Jesus said, you can even do it. In fact, you can move a mountain. This is small. If you have faith, if you have the faith of God, you can do it. But no, you know what is happening? Why an impossibility mindset has settled in many of us is because we have been living life based on how we feel. Come on. How we feel, what we see, what people say. Yes? What we experience. What else? The list goes on and on. Those things are more real to us than the word of God. And that should not be. Shouldn't be. God wants us to accurately represent him. You were made in his image. After his likeness. Do you know what Satan hates about you the most? You were made in God's image. He just can't understand why God will take mere dust. Dust. And make dust in his image. Especially when he thinks about how he was created. With precious stones. With musical instruments. When, when in those days, in his, in his glory days, when he walks, when Lucifer walks, it's like, it's a mobile music. Yeah. Timbrels, pipes, and all of that inside him. Just. And then God now takes dust. And he says, I make you in my image. After my likeness. So each time he sees you, he remembers God. Why? Because you really are in his image. But you don't believe it. You just say, yeah, 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 that's true. But then, in reality, we don't live it. Touch someone and say, I think he's talking to you. Yeah. 
Don't to that person and say, you better listen. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. So, let me tell you something. Even your experience has no right to dictate to you. It has no right to dictate to you what is going to happen in your life. Yeah. Let me show you how Jesus exercised dominion in the life of, in, in, the, in, the, in the business of Peter. Luke chapter 5. Yes. <laughs> Let's read Luke chapter 5 from verse 1. St. Luke's Gospel chapter 5 verse 1. It says, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Okay? Or when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, let out your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Somebody say experience. experience. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. Can you see? We have toiled all night. That is experience. So oftentimes, when God is speaking to us, we are listening to our experience. Can you see? Well, listen to your experience. You say, no, well, you know, I'm experiencing this thing. I know how this thing works. Uh, who asked you? If, if, if God wants advice, he's not going to ask you. You're not in a position to advise him. He instructs. Amen. You obey. Amen. That's the order. Amen. We say, oh Lord, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like when, when people um, um, Ananias go and pray for Saul that he may receive his sight. He said, Lord, this guy, let me give you the latest update. <laughs> the earth. Yeah, this, this is the latest update. This guy is a terrorist. This guy is a terrorist and this is what he has been doing. Did God ask him his opinion? The instruction is, go and pray for him. Lay your hands on him that he may receive his sight. I am not asking you for an update. We are in the habit of doing that. We are too intelligent to obey God. That's our problem. When God speaks, you want to draw from your grandfather's experience. Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather said, you know, uh, you never throw the net um, in the daytime. The daytime is a wrong time to cast the net. Actually, it works better at night. And you are trying to tell the master of the universe. You're telling him. We have toiled all night. Night time is when to do it. We did it. The daytime is a wrong time. We shouldn't do it. But okay, since you say so. So he didn't even have faith. He just did it. So he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Okay, next verse, let's look at. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Yeah. Tell someone it's good to obey. It's good to obey. Yeah. Even when it doesn't make sense. It is good to obey when it defies logic. Yeah. 
Because what Jesus was telling Simon defied logic. Simon is an experienced fisherman. I'm sure he had many awards. <laughs> Award-winning fisherman. And then Jesus now comes to tell him what he knows is not the norm. Who says that God needs the norm to do what he wants to do in your life? He doesn't need the norm. He doesn't. He decides the norm. He decides the norm. So, touch someone and say, beware of your experience. It can limit you. Yeah. You must beware. Be careful of your experience. I know experience, they say it's a good teacher, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to learn by experience, to be honest. I want to learn by instruction. I would rather learn from other people's experience than from my experience. So when I see you did it and it didn't work, I, I, then I learned from that. <laughs> to go through any pain to learn. Experience is a hard teacher. It's a tough teacher. It's a painful teacher. Not necessarily the best. God didn't plan for us to learn by experience. He planned for experience to catch up with our learning. That's tweetable. <laughs> so go ahead. Tweet it. Tweet it. Tweet it. Yes. Yeah. So God didn't plan for us to learn by experience. He planned for our experience to catch up with our learning. And I can prove that to you in the scripture. You remember when he told Adam and Eve, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's a, that's a tree that for you to know, you need to experience. But God was going to, God was going to teach them about good and evil but not by experience. Do you understand? They were still going to learn. They, I mean, they were, they were fresh on earth. <laughs> okay? And they still had like millennia of time to learn things. God was going to be teaching them. In fact, in the cool of the day, he will come down and fellowship with them and teach them some things. But Satan possessed the serpent and came and deceived Eve, who convinced Adam to eat the fruit. Right? So that they could learn by experience. Are you getting my point? So that they could learn by experience. So, hello. I beg to differ. Experience is not the best teacher. It's good to have experience. But those of you, I mean, you go to varsity, right? You learned a lot of theory without experience. Then after that, the, you, you, you go out into the marketplace to gain experience. That's how it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. So Adam and Eve were supposed to learn and then experience. But they reversed the order. Now I'm not saying you cannot learn. You cannot have experiences that will teach you things. But I'm just saying that it's a harder way to learn. Doctor, imagine all the years in medical school 
if you had to learn what you know now by experience how long do you think it would take <laughs> you, 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 you will never finish you will never finish yeah so touch your neighbor say experience, experience. is not really the best teacher Yeah. So, as a possibilitarian, <laughs> as a possibilitarian, you need to understand that your experience is very limiting. It's very limiting. I don't know about you. I've given God permission to defy my understanding. To do things that I don't even understand. Okay? Because I don't want to contain him. And limit him by my understanding. So I'm saying, God, just blow my mind. Do it. This year, I want God to blow your mind. I want him to blow your mind. To do things that your mind will be rattled. And he say, what is this? What is this? Amen. That's my God. Amen. You remember the Israelites in, 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 in the wilderness? When they wanted food? God gave them food and it rattled their mind. What is this? Their mind could not be wrapped around it. Their exposure, their education, their whatever could not define what God had given do you understand? And then they called it manna. In other words, what is this? Some people think that manna is really the name. No, it was a question. It was a question. When you get to heaven, they would not call it manna. Then you will see the real name of what they were eating. Yeah. So it's okay for God to rattle your mind. But I know some of you are control freaks. So everything, you must be able to control everything and, you know, make sure. <laughs> God will surprise you this year. Yeah. yeah. I pray that he will present to you opportunities that you will look at and you say, who am I? Yeah. Then you just step into it. You just step into it. Hallelujah. As I'm talking, I can see a shoe, a pair of shoes. And I see a small leg, small foot in a big shoe. And the Lord will say, as you put on that shoe, your foot will grow supernaturally. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, don't expect that every opportunity that comes your way will be your size. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your size. Your size can limit you. Allow God to do what he wants to do. Amen. Don't allow your size to limit you. Amen. If he brings that shoe, put it on by faith. And say, I will grow. I will grow. Supernaturally. My foot is going to fill that shoe. In the name of Jesus. Yes. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. I'm telling you, God is working in your life in ways you, ne you don't even know. You cannot even imagine what He's doing in your life. You are going to be a living wonder. In fact, you will be a phenomenal wonder. 
people will look at you and they will begin to marvel. And they will say, what manner of a man is this? What manner of a woman is this? By the workings of God in your life. That's the God we serve. Amen. So let your mind expand. Amen. Let it expand. Let it not try to contain it. Whatever is happening, say, God, okay, I, I, I enter, but Lord, let my mind expand now. Now, in the name of Jesus, mind stretch. Stretch to receive what God is releasing. Stretch right now. Let your imagination stretch because God is about to blow your imagination. He's about to blow it. God is working in your life. You might not feel it. It's not about feelings. We walk by faith, not by feelings. If you feel, it's a plus. But if you don't feel, it's okay. If the enemy knows how to work in ways that you don't feel he's working. And I can prove it to you. We have several doctors in the house and they can tell you, they can confirm to you. Doctor, tell me, is it possible that somebody can have high blood pressure and they don't even know they have it. But it's working. Most of the time. Okay? She says most of the time. So the enemy is working in your body. You don't feel it. So you can't say, oh, I don't feel it. So, so it's not okay. It's, I'm, I'm fine. Because I don't feel it, then it's not there. No. So where, why did the enemy, where did the enemy learn how to do that? I've told you before, he learns from the best. Amen. From God. Amen. So he knows that God can be doing things in you that you, don't even, you can't even feel it. Mm. But it doesn't make, make it less potent. Mm. Say, there's something working on me. There's something working within me. God is working in me. You know what he says in Ephesians chapter 3? Unto him, he says, now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Come on, let's turn to that scripture. Verse chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Uh, 3, 20, 20, 20. Come on. Yeah, now to him who is able. Come on, say God is able. To do exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. How does he do it? Talk to me. How does he do it? Hallelujah. The power is already working. You don't feel it, but it's working. Touch someone say, it's working. It's working in me. It's working in you. The exceeding greatness of his power. Is working. It's working in me. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself, God's power is working in me. Hallelujah. Let's read it in the Amplified. Look at how the Amplified puts it. It says, Now to him who, by, in consequence of, the action of his power that is at work within us. Can you see that? Something is working on the inside. You might not feel it, but it is working. It is real. Hallelujah. It's working. By, in consequence of his power, the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask 
or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. How many people can dream? Can you daydream? Listen, imagination is free of charge. Okay? You don't need anybody's permission to imagine. Now, I want to give you permission now. Although I don't need to, but I want to ask you to borrow the wings of imagination and fly to whatever height you can in your imagination. He says he's able to exceed that. The power that is inside you will exceed that imagination. I like to use my sanctified imagination. I don't know about you. I like to do that. Why? Because if I don't use it, the enemy will want to take it. The enemy knows that your life goes in the direction of your dominant imagination. You can tweet it. (laughs) Your life goes in the direction of your dominant imagination. So what you keep constantly before you is, is a prophecy of where your life is going. Okay? So, what you imagine about your spouse? Yeah, I'm telling you. We use it in our marriage. We use this principle in our marriage. And it has brought us this far. Yeah. When we we first got married, we're not like but we use this principle and it worked for us. Amen. In fact, when we first met, you know what? In a week, on a good week, no, on a good day, yeah, on a good day, we will fight once. And on a good week, we will break up once. No, I'm serious. She's here, you can t- ask her. On a good week, we will break up once. Yeah. Because I was too... (laughs) She remembers. I was too hard. Too spiritual. Our date was is 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 efficient. Yeah. No, 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 I'm serious. I don't recommend it, but it worked for me. <laughs> and then we do Galatians. Yeah, I, I'm going on a date and I have a whiteboard in my boot. Yeah, some of you, you look and you'll say, you don't know what she has gone through with me. (laughs) I will bring this whiteboard in my boot. I say, okay, fine. Yeah, today, this is what we're going to do. (laughs) So one day she says to me, can't you be romantic at least for once? (laughs) And you know what I said? I said, you cannot build on romance. You need the word. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. That this was a scripture that made us. He said, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true. 
Is it true? Whatever things are noble, is it noble? Whatever things are just, is it just? Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. She would look at me and she will meditate on good things about me. And I would look at her. I, I said, what, what kind of ministry are we going to build? Huh? Yeah. So, for me, it's like everything was ministry. So, everything. It's like, we can't. She didn't like to pray. She didn't like the word. She only liked to sing. And I said, we can't build a ministry on singing. We need the word. And sometimes we will, I'll go and visit her and say, today we're going to pray for one hour. And then I'll hold her hand. Five minutes, she's tired. Sorry, I'm exposing you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, and we're just doing it. She was tired. I'm tired. I said, You can't be tired. We go on. We go on. Amen. So you see her like this. You don't know. You see me like this. You don't know. I didn't know much. I didn't know much. The simplest thing I didn't know. When she opens the door, I will want to pass. She says, hello, you are the one to open the door for me. Not me to open the door for you. Yeah. I mean, I was clueless. I was clueless. Yeah. I grew up with a single mother. I didn't know anything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but God is able. <laughs> he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Amen. You know what? God exceeded my imagination about her. Hallelujah. I'm just using our life to teach you a principle. What you meditate on is where your life is going. What you meditate on. Some of you meditate more on your problems. And you are reinforcing your problem. That's what you don't realize. Every time you have to pray, it's only about a problem. Why should all your prayers be consumed by problems? When are you going to pray to know God more? When are you going to pray to enjoy Him more? Are you getting my point? Life is more than just solving problems. When we're singing that song, the last song, the reason I live is to worship you. That song hits me. Because I just thought about myself. What else? What else am I here to do but to worship you? But we are so self-centered, so self-seeking, that when things don't go our way, we throw a tantrum. We write people off because they are not like how we want them to be so quickly. Why? 
Your father is not like that. Where did you get that from? That's not his image and likeness. You need to know what to meditate on. If you have a problem, meditate on the solution. Amen. Not on the problem. Do you understand? Get the word of God. What does the word say about that situation? Take that and let that occupy your mind. Instead of you feeding on that situation. What you don't realize is when you give the enemy too much attention, he takes it as worship. Yeah, you can tweet it. Yeah. When you give him <coughs> too much attention, I'm telling you, because he has always wanted to be worshipped. Remember in heaven, that was the cause of his downfall. He could see all the worship that was going to God. And he could see that, you know, he is the one. That even his movement was worshipped. When he spoke, I mean, the, his, the instruments inside him, everything was worship. But now, it's God. Look at how he even looks. I can be a better God. And when they worship me, I'll make sure the worship is like this, it's like this, it's like this. I'll make a better God. So he's still desirous of worship today. Make sure you don't give it to him. Amen. So sometimes we think that idolatry is just when you bow to, to things. Just be careful. Hallelujah. As a possibilitarian, you cannot afford to give your mind any situation. Amen? Don't. Anything you look at, just say, it is possible. Amen. Say, it is possible before you start thinking of how. Mm. Just, it is possible, it is possible yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. That's your factory setting. Amen. Your Amen. factory setting is possibility. Amen. Not impossibility. Amen. Possibility. So, your mind needs to be reset. Setting, manufacturer setting. You're made in his image after his likeness. You have dominion. You are here to represent him. You are here to dominate, to rule, to take charge. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. Come on. Begin to bless the Lord. Begin to bless the Lord. Tell him, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Because all things are possible with me. I will not allow any situation. I will not allow any circumstance. To stop me from being who you have called me to be. Come on. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let there be a transformation. I break every power over your mind. I reset your mind. Right now, I command your mind to be reset. Doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is saying. It doesn't matter what situations are saying. Concerning you. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that you can ask or think. According to his power that is at work in you.
This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.